Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in for a real treat. I can remember as a child sitting in the library in Atlantic City, New Jersey, reading my favorite book and then telling a story to my friends about what I read or, or to my mom or dad. And we have in our audience today Mr. Greg Coral, who's the author of The Gifted Storyteller. Greg, welcome to the program, and thank you for interrupting your very busy schedule today and join us to share your thoughts and insights on leadership, but most importantly, to discuss your great new book, The Gifted Storyteller. Welcome to the program, Greg. Thank you so much, Terrell. I really appreciate you having me. Beautiful. If you could, um, I always like to start off our interviews to allow our guests to mm -hmm get to know a little bit about you. Can you share with our audience a little bit about your education background experience? And, and if you have an interesting story to tell right away, please feel free to. Uh, sure. Um, so I graduated with a psychology degree from uh, Stony Brook University. I have a minor in uh, philosophy of the mind and body. I had intended on going on to continue my work in psychology, but wanted to take a little break and at that time moved back home you know it's that in between after college what am i going to do type of thing and my mother had actually you know straight out told me you're not going to sit home and do nothing for a year while you figure this out so she had suggested actually getting into education and i did i ended up becoming a substitute teacher and even though it wasn't my plan i completely fell in love with it uh so i ended up doing a year of sub work i got hired actually within a week or two of substitute work and then after that first year, I said, okay, I'll give it one more year, and then I'll go back for the psych degree, the master's, obviously. Um, and that second year became a third year, became a fourth year, and at some point I just sort of said to myself, okay, this is what you enjoy doing, you love it, go for it. So I ended up going back for a degree in instructional technology and spending my life in education, going from being a teacher to an administrator, both assistant principal and principal. That's where I actually still spend my days. That working is, in the school, working with kids, and uh, working with teachers. That is excellent. That is excellent. And um, I guess in your classroom, you tell a lot of stories. Actually, it's, it's not. Okay, there's a misconception about the book to some degree, and a lot of people have it because you, you hear the gifted storytelling, and you think, hey, okay, this is going to be about learning how to tell a good story. But it's not really about that at all. It's, it's more about the story you tell yourself. Um, to backtrack a little, basically, at some point, you know, through my career, through just other, you know, life itself, you know, you look around at people and, you know, people are so varied. People are so different. Why is it that, you know, 10 people can see the same exact situation or same exact moment and spin an entire different story on it? Why is it that one person will extend themselves and go beyond uh, for what may seem like a simple thing, well, another person will do the most basic. And that actually was a moment with actually had to do with cable when my cable went out once. And, uh, you know, I had a cable guy, and he just walked in, replaced the box, and, and left. And that was it. And, you know, it didn't really fix anything. Another guy came back, and the guy was just so incredibly sweet and nice and changed the box and then checked every wire and checked every connection. And he just seemed to love what he was doing and just be so into it. And it went back to a thing that I kind of have within the school and within my life is it's all about the teacher. In other words, you can have, you know, the most amazing teacher in a classroom and that, and that person 
or whoever, whatever profession they're in, actually, that person just conveys so much. So that was really a big question for me is why do why does one person act one way and one person act another? And really it came down to the stories they were telling themselves. In other words, you see a situation, and then what meaning do you give that situation? One person can see a situation and find heartache and depression over it, while another person can see it as an opportunity. So I started focusing on this concept of a storyteller that's in your mind and learning more about that and how your mind works that to create meaning out of a situation. The term the gifted storyteller came up with the fact that with, uh, with basically when just thinking about anything with that much power that in any moment or any situation and turn it into an opportunity or turn it into a horror story is just brilliant. And we all kind of have that mind. We have that gifted storyteller in our head. So the book itself is really about how to tell a better story about your own life. Because I think too often people get locked in their own stories. We get locked in situations and sadness and moments, but there's other things that we can see in that same moment. And that's why sometimes when you talk to a friend or you talk to a colleague and, and you tell them a situation and they give you another perspective of it because they're, they're telling a different story about what you're telling, then you sit there and you go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of that. Make sense? It does make sense because the subtitle of your book, which is, by the way, it's... Uh uh, the the publisher is Motivational Press, which is Leaders in mm-hmm. Global Publishing, which is, a, I love the books that they publish. But the subtitle of the book is The Power is in the Story You Tell. And mm-hmm. so it, it makes sense because what you're saying is that, sure, in any story, there's the good, the bad, and the indifferent. But the story that you're telling about yourself, you want to really tell the best story that you can and realize right. the best qualities that you bring to the table. It, d- did I understand that correctly? Yeah, because actually the, the, the full title used to be, you know, it's the powers in the story you tell yourself, but it just sounded weird, so I just left it at the powers in the story you tell. But exactly what you're saying, yes, because you choose, even though we react a lot of times, but we can respond. And if you take a moment or learn the tools or skills, which is kind of featured in this book, to help you respond better to what's going on, it can really change your day, which of course changes how you feel and changes every encounter you have with every person around you, from your coworkers to the people who you love at home. When, when did you realize, when did you have this aha moment that, hey, this is a story that I wanna share, this is a tool that I wanna share with other people, and how did you come about this idea to have a book about the gifted storyteller? Well, it was. I always enjoyed writing. Writing was something I always enjoyed doing just for fun, even back in high school. And I always wanted to write a book, but I didn't have the self-discipline to necessarily do it. I hit a moment uh, a few years ago where I kind of really sat and thought about my future because I hit like 41, 42, something of that nature, no, and even a little before then. But basically, I said to myself, you've been talking about writing a book for 20 years, and here you are, look how 20 years passed like that in the blink of an eye, the next 20 years are going to do the same. Do you really, I said to myself, do you really want to look back again at another 20 years and say, I still haven't done certain things with my life? So that, that's what kind of gave me the kick in the backside and motivated me to, to get going on the writing. In terms of the concept of storytelling, I mean, I've always you know, heard about it through psychology in terms of the way your mind works, but 
it was kind of, you know, have, I had various life situations that occurred, and a lot of times I would say, okay, if you take this action, action A, whatever it's going to be, and I do that, I know exactly how it's going to turn out. Um, I had a friend who I was talking to, and then they were going through a rough situation also at a time with uh, their marriage. And we were talking about it, and I remember saying to him, well, if you do this, you know it's going to lead to the divorce. You know it's going to lead to X, Y, and Z. What else is available? What do you not see? What other opportunities are there for you? Um, and it's, it's the same kind of question I asked myself numerous times in my life where, okay, if you do this, this is exactly how it's going to play out. What else is available? And the more I started to think about that and kind of use that concept of there's, op there's options. You're actually creating – it dawned on me, for lack of better words, that we're creating our life. With every, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's, it's very true. With every word you utter, with every response you make to a situation, then the next thing occurs. So in other words, somebody makes a comment to you, and you can respond five different ways. Each way that you respond is going to bring about a different outcome, which is going to bring about the next thing in the chain of dominoes, so to speak. So I spent a lot of time really just contemplating this and reading about self-awareness and mindset and growth and things of that nature that really made me question, you know, how do you proceed in a more advantageous way, one that's going to affect your life in a more positive way? Because I also found a lot of people were very stuck in the stories they would tell. They would, you know, tell a story about their life or share an experience, and there was always heartache or sadness attached to that. And... There are other people who could share a very similar experience, and somehow they reflect on it as being, again, like the, you know, something that led to where they are in life now, and they're so thrilled, et cetera. So, so it's that same kind of concept and thing that I spent with myself, spent time with myself really reflecting on, because I didn't want to be doing the same thing over and over. And I'm sure everybody feels like this at some point, regardless of how successful you are, there are moments in life where you feel stuck. And that's kind of where the book really came in. It reflected, it was written, there are elements of my life within the book, but it deals with this character named Michael who has everything going for him. In other words, he's independent, he has a great education, he has his own you know, living space, he's dating, he's this, he's that. Seemingly everything is great, except he feels just like he's running on a, a hamster wheel and he's going to do this until he dies. Um, so he's like, is this it? And I think a lot of people feel that way at different, you know, different times in their life uh, where, you know, they've worked really hard to get somewhere and then maybe they get somewhere where they had to seemingly want it to be. And then they say, oh, OK, this is it. What, what's next? What else is there? And that, that's really where the, the story kind of came from, basically in this story. So it begins with that kind of concept with Michael. And then he encounters a woman named Jeannie one night at a bar. And the genie is kind of a play on the word, of course, of the genie who pops out of a bottle and kind of grants you some wishes. But she watches him in a bar, and he's sitting there, and he's lost in the story about this woman that he really is fond of at work. And he's kind of daydreaming about her, for lack of better words, or as I term it, storytelling, like imagining what if she walked into the bar right now? What would I say? What would I do? And then this other person in the book, Jeannie, approaches him and kind of calls him out on the fact that he's storytelling. Like, in other words, he's so lost in his mind right now that he's no, he has no awareness of what's going on around him. So here he is daydreaming about situation A when there could be somebody right in front of him that could 
be the love of his life, and he would completely miss it because of the fact that he was his mind was elsewhere. And it's the kind of thing, like when you're reading a, a book or you're watching a movie and then your mind spins off on a tangent and you get to the bottom of the page and you can't even remember what you just read. Or you're driving to work and, you know, you go traffic light, traffic light, highway, etc. But you get to a point where you're like, you don't even realize what you've been doing. <clears throat> you're, more, you're, you're going more on automatic pilot, as I term it. That's right. You're so not, this, is it that um, you're not staying in the present? You're, you're drifting off? Right. You're very lost in your own thoughts. And I term that storytelling. And, you know, when your mind is going off on a story in itself. And basically, that's what this book is about. It's kind of helping you understand, number one, how to get out of that and the benefits of being more present and in the present moment. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that are, that are laced throughout the book that kind of guide you to change your life to bring more happiness and more joy into your life and more success without actually changing anything outside of you. Let's talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with <coughs> Mr. Greg Coral, who's the author of The Gifted Storyteller, and it is published by Motivational Press. Let's talk about how do you stay in the... The, the, the present. What are some of the tools and skills that you discuss in your book, The Gifted Storyteller? Mm -hmm. Well, it's the, the first thing is being aware that you get lost in these stories. So that was one of the first wakings for me, if you will, is that I would I would take note of how often my mind drifted away from whatever I was doing because uh, it does happen naturally. It still happens to me. It happens, I'm sure, everybody every day, but how much time do you spend doing it and how long does it go on? So I, I would spend a lot of time just kind of being aware, like, oh, you were storytelling. In other words, you were making up a story in your head or you were getting lost. You're not even focused on what you're reading right now. Um, and that's also, again, something that, you know, is discussed in the book. And the book, just so you know, is not like one of these do this, do this, do this type of – it's an actual story. It's a parable about characters, and it's a very quick read. Uh, pretty much everybody who has at least emailed me or contacted me had said they read it in literally one to two sittings. It's just a lot of people don't have time for reading right now, you know, with, with life being as busy as it is. So, so I really wanted to write something that was quick and fun and enjoyable but would not be like something that you'd have to really spend a lot of time with. But it does leave you thinking. And so, so and, 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 what are, and what are what is it that you want the reader to hopefully achieve for themselves upon completing the book? I want them to think a little. I want them to say, you know what, I can, I can create more happiness in my life. And for the people I'm with, whether you're coworkers or, or your spouse or your kids, whoever that is that you encounter, by understanding that it's almost a Mahatma Gandhi quote. You know, Gandhi's quote is, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. You have to change yourself in order to change everything outside of you. And I think a lot of people and leaders as well always try to change everything, change everything externally. But the real place it needs to start is with you, within you. You need to create the changes that you want to see happen. If you want a certain type of professionalism in your workplace, you have to be an example of that. Right? I, 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 you know what? At the end of my program, I end it with leadership begins with you. And that is so mm -hmm. true. That is so true. Um, and so... And that was something... I'm sorry. No, no, please, go ahead. 
I was going to say that was something that, in terms of my work, in terms of working in education, something that hit me many years ago when I was trying to implement programs or do certain things. And, you know, you push and you encourage and you do all these different things. But at a point, it hit me that I'm looking in the wrong place. I got to work on me. And by working on me and raising myself up, I'm going to be able to help so many more people. And honestly, you know, in terms of my career, in terms of my school, whatever else, we've, we've been very successful. And I think that's a piece of it. And I think also giving the people you work with that kind of ownership also. You know, if you want to talk leadership, that, that's a huge essential piece of being a solid leader. Very interesting. But I, I think it'll... No, no, no. It's very, it's very interesting. I, keep going. <laughs> I, I, I think that if if our leaders can just listen to what you just said about, you know, being the change that you want to see, demonstrating uh, the best practices, demonstrating goodwill, um, I think our country, or I think our world, would be a much better place. And honestly, I agree with you. I think tremendously. I think that's what a lot of people are trying to do, and I think very successful leaders do. I'm not saying that. You know, I think of people like Steve Jobs, who was an amazing leader, but not exactly the best person you'd want to work for, from what I, you know, I've read and understand. But, you know, that, that's separate in terms of vision. But there are so many leaders out there who, what's the expression, walk their talk and demonstrate certain qualities which you respect and you admire. And therefore, if you work around these people, you want to be more. You want to do more. That is so true, and and, and I, I too I I, I read his uh, Steve Jobs uh, uh, a biography, and I've watched uh, quite a few films and documentaries about him. And unfortunately, every leader struggles with something. Some yes. some some leaders have bigger things that they struggle with. Others have smaller things that they struggle with. And having uh, someone who is a good uh, mentor, a good friend, a good spouse. Um, colleague who can level set you is so important and it, it's so important to always get feedback from people that you trust because that feedback can really help you rise to your next level and so with with this book um, I know you've said you, you've, you've gotten a few comments but what is the, the very common thread of of information that you have received from folks that have read your book about what they got out of, out of the gifted storyteller? What, what I'm happy to say is that I can't say it, it's one thing because when people make posts on Amazon and post reviews or Barnes & Nobles or, or even email me or Facebook posts, they always find something different that speaks to them because there's a bunch of little lessons infused into the book and things that you know, wherever I guess you are at your point in your life and what your focus is and what you are thinking about, you know, something may resonate with you. You know, so there are pieces here that talk about, you know, spirituality or, or us all being connected. Um, there's pieces that talk about being present. There's pieces that talk about jumping in the moment. In other words, that you can be working with somebody who maybe drives you nuts, but that doesn't mean that there's not a gift there for you, that that person's not put in your way to give you something or to encourage you in some way to do something to better yourself. So there's, there's been lots of interesting feedback in terms of what's resonated with people. There's a whole piece in there in terms of just really about communication, not only the way you communicate with yourself, but how you communicate with others. And a lot of people, all of us 
at some point, you know, we get into arguments with people or we get into misunderstandings or how many times have you had somebody say to you in your life, that's not what I meant. Because oftentimes we're communicating through our own language and our, our mindset. We're, we're not necessarily communicating to the person that we're talking to in the way that they best understand. Uh, the analogy I kind of use for that or the way I kind of describe it is, you know, if you take the word excellent, that means something to you. It, it has a certain feeling for you. It has a certain embodiment when you say excellent. I may have that same kind of feeling, but for me, that may be the word wonderful. So if I tell you you're doing a wonderful job, you may think, hey, that's great, but why am I not excellent? Whereas I'm meaning that, but that's not what you're receiving from me. Mm. So I spend time in the book also talking about strategies to help you communicate to coworkers, to family, so that you're really listening to them, and more importantly, that they're hearing you, because you're speaking to them in their language. Do you find oftentimes that because of the environment that we're in, that uh, we're so concerned about quantity versus quality, meaning how much how much we're saying versus the quality of what we're saying? Do you find that there's a deficit of quality, unfortunately? Um, I've been asked a similar question. Like, in other words, especially when it comes to, like, the millennial generation, like, do people have quality conversations? I think we are overloaded with quantity, for sure, because everybody, whether it's in the business world or any world, in a sense, where it comes to money, you know, you, you want to make as much money as you can, so it's push, push, push. Um, but I feel, truthfully, the best way you can get more is by focusing on quality. In other words, finding something and becoming really good at it or having or taking, rather, the time to have a more meaningful conversation. So even sitting with a coworker, you know, I understand we have to get things done, but if you take the time to really invest in them, who are they, who's their family, um, what are their personal needs, what are their wants? then you're creating something on a relationship and a rapport that in the end is going to get you so much more of both things. You have the quality and the quantity. But it takes time to, you know, really sit there, like you're saying, and, and focus on that quality. Recently, I, 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 I was attending a, a business event, and they had a great speaker. And uh, she talked about staying in the present when you're at a networking event and there's a book uh, by Keith Ferrazzi never eat alone and he talks about that as well that when you go to an event don't try to connect with all 300 participants but select the three or four that are germane to what you're trying to achieve and staying in the present uh, you know it, it, it really takes practice to, to do it because we're always so drawn to, oh, who's the next big fish I'm trying to land or the person I'm trying to, to meet or the text I'm trying to answer. Um, so it's very, very important, very important to, to do that and to truly, truly uh, listen. And let's talk about some of your strategies to communicate. Uh, what are some of those strategies that, that you I, offer? I, I just have to say one thing to what you just said. Which oh, is yes, please, true, please do. You could be having a conversation with somebody and then your, your phone starts beeping and you go get it or, you know, you check the text and you're looking at the text and typing and kind of the person's so close. What kind of message are you sending to the person who you're sitting with if a beeping phone is more important than that person in the moment? 
You know, it, it's those little moments that create that quality. You know, it's interesting. You know I, 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 I get a lot of surveys, and lately I've been getting a lot of surveys uh, regarding webinars. And um, one of the common questions that I've seen over the last three surveys is, while, the, while you're watching the webinar, are you doing something else? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, it's true. And, and I find that if you're going to attend a webinar, you're trying to extract some information, you're going to dedicate some time to it, that it's so important that, that, you, that you try not to multitask, and you do focus on that. And this, I guess mm-hmm. the same thing goes if you're playing baseball and you're up at bat. Um, you want to watch the pitch. You don't want to, like, see what the hot dog vendor is doing. <laughs> Yeah, that would probably be smart. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little dangerous, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but yeah, it's true. It's you know, I used to think I was the king of multitasking, and I was. I was awesome at like texting or writing emails while I was having listening to somebody speak. And and there there did come a point where I said to myself, "But are you really? How like are you getting the full message? Are you getting the full things? Are you stringing together every other word and trying to make sense of it?" And I realized as, as great as I was in terms of the people who worked with me knew enough to know that I was still, because I was still on top of everything and I was still responding to them. But I started to realize within myself, you know, you think you are, but you're not. Because if you really want to shine full attention on one thing, then you've got to put down the phone or not do the email at the moment or whatever the case is and really just look at that person and give them full attention. It, it was a shocker for me to be honest with you because I thought I was great at it and maybe I was, but I realized it's not the best thing. Well, I tell you, you and I can can start a a, a, a club to help heal people like ourselves who think we're multitaskers. Um, <laughs> I, I've learned I've learned as well that I am not a good multitasker, and uh, my wife Deb has been very kind over the years to um, <laughs> to, to shepherd me th- out out of the. Uh, my, my so-called multitasking to, to really, you know, to, to focus on uh, what, what's in front of me and what's important, of course, family for that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of these strategies. Uh, we have a, okay. a, a, we're actually, oh boy, I tell you, time flies, Greg. Really our communication. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have to have you back on the program, Greg, because we actually have a couple <laughs> minutes left and, you know, we, we, there's so much more to talk about, but um, let me allow you to have the floor, sir. Um, do you have a specific question you want me to respond to, or just, just well, the you know? strategies to communicate? Um, I, I know we, we 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 touched on it a little bit, but what are two pieces of advice that you can give our, our listening audience? Two pieces of advice. Uh, I use analogy a lot of of optical illusions, and if you went to my website, thegiftedstoryteller.com, I have this optical illusion right there. It's a common optical illusion of two faces looking at each other, or you see the vase or candlestick in the middle. But I kind of use that as an analogy because when you're communicating, whether to yourself in terms of what does this really mean or to somebody else, you know, when you're looking at the optical illusion, you could see the two faces and focus on those or you could see the vase and focus on that. But conversations are the same way. In other words, somebody saying things, you make a meaning out of it. It's very important to ask yourself, what am I not hearing? What am I missing? Oftentimes when people tell you, well, I have a problem, or, or share a concern with you, oftentimes the problem is not the problem. There, there's an underlying problem. So when you're communicating with somebody, and again with yourself, it's important to really ask, well, what am I missing here? What am I not seeing that might really be the piece that I need to address? 
Uh, so I think that's, that's a big piece in communication. The other thing, as I mentioned, is really just the vocabulary you're using in terms of how you speak to other people, uh, speaking obviously respectfully, of course, all of that, but speaking to them in their language. So I spend a lot of time listening to people that I converse with often and listening to the words they use. So going back to the excellent, a wonderful example, if they're saying excellent a lot or they're saying awesome a lot, I know that word has a certain meaning to them. So I'll make sure to use that word if I want to, you know, relay something that has that same effect. But those two, those are the two pieces that I think are very important to do in terms of communicating with other people and really listening well, to other people. That is that is awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with author Greg Coral, the gifted storyteller. Greg, I want to thank you for coming on the program. We, we're going to have to have you back on the program because there's so much more to talk about. Your book is mm-hmm. a beautiful quick read but it's chock with so much stuff that you gotta keep reading it over because every time you read it you get something new it's like watching a film over you're like oh i missed that the last time that's so, what my wife actually said <laughs> <laughs> the more she read it she was like oh i didn't see that the first time <laughs> uh, yeah the book is available on amazon Barnes and nobles itunes you know there's this it's pretty much anywhere and the audiobook is available if you're more of a person who likes to listen while you're driving or working out so, you know, you can get the book in many formats, of course, digitally or paperback. But uh, I encourage and hope that people will take the time to read it and buy it, um, mainly because I think it really will. You will, at least from my perspective and the feedback I've gotten from reviewers or other people who have just posted on Amazon, it really is making an impact in yeah. helping people find a better meaning in their life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank our guest, Mr. Greg Quirrell, the author of The Gifted Storyteller. Greg, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I'd be glad to come back. Excellent. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership. That wraps it up for this weekend. Thank you, and have a great weekend. And remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.